Are you ready, Christine? <laughs> Are you ready, Christine? <laughs> what, what happened? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Are you ready, Ma? I am ready. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to Philadelphia. The sitter, city, the city of brotherly love and sisterly. What I forget what it was. Affection, sex, Affection. <laughs> sisterly sex. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl, a twenty. You gotta give the movie title, Not Mom. Yet, let me do oh, this first. Excuse let me. me. You. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You were speaking. Excuse me, I'm speaking. Cheryl, a 20-something black lesbian, struggles to make a documentary about Faye Richards, a beautiful and elusive 1930s black film actress popularly known as the Watermelon Woman. We are doing 1996, The Watermelon Woman. I see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't shut you out from the podcast. Just so I you. know. Somebody <laughs> tried to make me not involved this week. I, I muted you to try to help fix your problem, and then I couldn't unmute you, and the only solution was to drop you from the call. But we figured it out, didn't we? I didn't. I got, and you should have seen the my face, the panic over here. I was texting TD, come back. But I was like, why don't instead of you texting TD, come back? Why don't you actually bring her back? I was just, uh, I was just so flustered. Oh man. The don't watch- worry. I took a pic. I took a picture of you have been removed from the call by Aaron Bush. Yep. Yeah, and you sent it as I was texting TD come back, and I'm flustered. I'm like, I knew she was gonna do this. I'm never gonna forget this. This is gonna be. I'm gonna. She's gonna frame this and give it to me next Christmas. She will. <clears throat> Boy, I'm so happy with idea. <laughs> the watermelon woman. It made its uh, premiere in the February 1996 Berlin International Film Festival. Its United States debut or premiere or release was March 5th, 1997. It was written, directed, and edited by Cheryl Dunier. I wrote it down phonetically. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was Dunier. Dunier. She also did Stranger Inside, My Baby's Daddy. She directed episodes of Queen Sugar and David Makes Man. Also, episodes of The Fosters, Claws, The Shy. And most recently, she directed Lovecraft Country's episode. And my favorite episode from this season, the episode called Strange Case, when Ruby woke up as the white woman. Oh. That was her. Oh. I was like, oh, because I was kind of teetering on Lovecraft Country. And then that episode came out. I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, my. Um, the Plantation Memories and Souls of Deceit recreations were written by Cheryl and Doug McCowan. The music was by Paul Shapiro. He's a jazz, world, and klezmer saxophonist in NYC. Mini nerd alert. 
klezmer is the instrumental music tradition of the Ashkazani Jews of Central and Eastern Europe. I just thought that was interesting because I had heard of klezmer, but I didn't know what it was. The director of photography was Michelle Crenshaw. She also shot Evil as Evil Does, and then she worked in the camera department in various capacities on such films as Child's Play, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, Closer, the television show. She was the camera operator on the new version of Mad About You, and most recently she was a camera operator in Hannah Gadsby's Douglas special. I thought that was interesting because I saw Douglas. The cast, Cheryl Dunier as Cheryl, Guinevere. I know, I did that too. Guinevere Turner as Diana. She is a writer and actress. She wrote and acted in Go Fish. She co-wrote the film American Psycho that starred Christian Bale. She also acted in Chasing Amy, Dogma, and she wrote The Notorious Betty Page. Oh. Valerie Walker was Tamra. She was also in Bad Bosses Go to Hell. So if anybody's a bad boss, better watch out. <laughs> or has had one. Uh, Lisa Marie Bronson was Faye, the watermelon woman Richards. I could not find any other um, uh, credits, but I also did not do a deep dive. I have a very good recasting for her. Oh, good. Cheryl Clark as June Walker. She's a lesbian poet, essayist, educator, and black feminist community activist in real life. Irene Dunier played herself, Cheryl's mother. And Camille Paglia played herself. She was the film critic, although Moira... Donegan of the New Republic said, quote, she played a, quote, a parody version of herself as the narcissistic white film theorist, nonsensically, wow, nonsense, nonsensically, nonsensically, nonsense, (laughs) it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, that word, it doesn't make sensely, Trying to appropriate black culture for her own ends. Um, I did. I, I when I realized how she, that she was actually being a parody, I thought it was funny. But before that, it was quite painful. The, more on that later. Oh, and those are my particulars. Okay. Well, we start with classical music, and we start with a wedding reception a garden party type wedding reception where cheryl and tamra are videographing (laughs) yeah we're just making up words um said wedding reception and um they both work at a at a video store so they they finally get paid for the wedding reception and Cheryl gives Tamara some. And my first quote is, lend me some. You going to lend me my own money? You worse than that, the white people at the bank. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my quotes. So um, Cheryl wants to use their equipment 
and they're arguing about money. And this is the first time we hear about the watermelon woman. You two jump in whenever you want. <clears throat> okay. Cheryl works as a videographer and at a video store. Um, she's working on being a filmmaker. She wants to make a video about a black black women who are not known in the 30s and 40s. And she's watching old movies and brings up the fact that many black artists at that time were uncredited, which means their names aren't in the credits anywhere. Um, and and <clears throat> one of her favorite old movies is Plantation Memories. And she saw this beautiful mammy, Elsie, and the only way Elsie was known as was as the watermelon woman. She didn't have a name. She didn't even have I right it's like, yeah, that's what happens, but just just her name being the watermelon woman when she was a mammy. They didn't even credit her as mammy. Faye Richardson. She was the watermelon woman. And this was the only credit that she got was as the watermelon woman. They play a clip and in the background, what music is playing, Aaron? <laughs> My old Kentucky home. <laughs> My old Kentucky home. You hear it <clears throat> every year during at, at, at the beginning of the uh, Kentucky Derby. It's one <clears throat> of those things where it sucks because you're like, ah, this is such a fucking racist song. But then, well, I should go back and reverse it and be like, oh, it's got a great melody. You, you just find yourself humming along to it. And then you, you're like, ah, God damn it. This is just pure white supremacy right here. Yeah. Stephen Foster wrote it. I went to Stephen Foster's plantation as a young girl, not to work on it. It was just a tourist attraction. Who, who, a lot of white people there. Who are not many people of color went to visit the plantation. Imagine that, Ma. And who are you fooling saying that you you didn't go to work there? And <laughs> I ate. We ate. We ate a dinner there. It must have been lunch. I I had never had cream corn before. I ate so much cream corn that I threw up all the way home. Just so y'all know. <laughs> <clears throat> it serves you right. <clears throat> serves you right. Okay. Maybe, maybe, and the cream corn throwing up was was just his like karma saying maybe you shouldn't have taken me to a plantation. Exactly, that's what I think now. Looking okay, back on it, so they're at the video store, and Cheryl is saying she wants to make a movie about black women who were not. <laughs> sorry, whoops, rewind. They're back at the video store. There are lots of cuts in it. It re really reminded me of um, a, a film school project, like your final project in film school. Well, yeah, there, there are, yeah, there are similarities to it, definitely. But this movie had a significantly higher budget, apparently, than my film. So I'm going. Dang, girl, look what you did with no money. <laughs> no help. I had, I, had, I had three friends. <laughs> oh, if only we could release Truth and Soul. That would be my next pick. Okay. Let me find where I am. So um, 
she's she's at the video store. Um, they are ordering tapes using um, customers' accounts just to get the tapes. Well, okay, so they were gonna. F- remember when we mentioned this last week? I was like, and she worked at a video store. I was like, oh, I bet it's TLA. They don't say it's TLA, but when they're shooting all of the scenes, it was all TLA literature and the pamphlets. So they definitely shot it at a TLA. I didn't work at a video store in Philadelphia. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I didn't have a video store membership, but my friend Novak did have a video store membership. And of course, he had a TLA membership because TLA was was one of those video places where... um, you it wasn't like blockbuster and and, you know no disrespect but you know you didn't go to tla to rent independence day you know tla had all of the you know it tla had the watermelon woman films like you know they had all of the films and that's why novak had it and they had all the foreign films all of that and so i would just go with him and he would get all of his weird Novak films to watch. But yes. that's how they would do it is that they could. Um, so she would open up the, the account and then say under the account, order these different titles. And then it would come in and they would watch them and then send them back. And the customer would have no idea. And but the customer did it. Yeah, because they, they, they weren't checking them out. They were just ordering it for the customer so the customer could check it out. But the customer right. didn't check it out. And so <clears throat> that was that was their little racket that they had going on. Because they, okay, because they couldn't have afforded to do it anyway. Now we cut to a karaoke club. And Tamara, Cheryl's best friend, is there with her girlfriend and Miss Yvette. Um, Miss Yvette uh, decides to get up and perform Loving You, which is a very difficult song to sing. I Thank mean, you, that's... Minnie Ripperton. Yeah. Who Did um, you know that Minnie Ripperton is Maya Rudolph's mother? Yes. That's, that's Do you know, know that Maya Rudolph was at the house the day that Rashida Jones was born? What? Mm-hmm. What? They're, best, they're really good friends. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to Fresh Air with... <laughs> I was uh, going to say, Rashida Jones was on a Fresh Air this week, and I guess you listened to it. Yeah, it was very good. I love Rashida Jones. You know, because she's like a sister to you. So they, uh, <laughs> it was very off-key. At first, I thought that Yvette was going to be really shy and then really belted out. But no, she couldn't. She couldn't hit the high notes. But it, yeah, and I, Teeny, are as Ma's choking over there? Are you a karaoke person? Because of the three of us, yes. you're the singer. I like karaoke. That's in my positive reheatables. Oh, okay. Oh my I, god! I feel when this is over. We're doing karaoke with. Christine. Oh, because I was just going to say, I feel about karaoke the way Teeny feels about dancing. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I like karaoke by myself. I'm not going to get up and perform, or, but I'm going to watch Christine. If I'm get up really drunk. Oh. Well, that isn't that a given? Yeah. I think okay. so, but I just feel like you have to have, like, there is 
um, a bare minimum of yeah. being able to carry a tune. And I don't have that bare minimum to no, carry a don't. tune. Like I have a very specific, a very, very minute. It's like an inch thick range. And like, if there's anything within that inch, I got it. If it's outside of that range, I don't have it. And I am, <laughs> I'm very aware of that. And we previously stated I have no, I have no rhythm. No rhythm. And I have no rhyme. <laughs> okay. We're in Center City, Philly, because we do love us some Philly. Um, and Cheryl is videoing people asking them, do, have they ever heard of the Watermelon Woman? And there's some great, sorry, Rosie Perez. Oh. Yeah, that was not good. Then we go to Winfield, PA, and Cheryl is talking to her mother, who has a touch of a hoarding problem. And she interviews her mother, and her mother's going, I never heard of the Watermelon Woman. But we find out the Watermelon Woman was in movies filmed by Martha Page. Wait a second. I'm just pulling this out of my behind right now. But... Do you think, and I'm not saying, I guess it, because everybody has a hoarding problem, but specifically um, like African-Americans and hoarding, do you think that maybe it's because like what this movie says, you have to keep your own history. Like nobody else is going to keep the history and no, you know, so maybe that's is part of it. Maybe it is. At least that's an explanation. Um, <clears throat> so that's why your father keeps his old um, dry cleaning receipts. <laughs> hey, okay. the man might come asking for nobody it. Nobody else is going to. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the mother goes, oh, yeah, I saw her a couple of times at some of the clubs. And she, I know she mentioned the Blue Note and a couple other clubs. <clears throat> We're back at the video store, and Cheryl is recommending movies to a customer who um, they appear to have a little bit of sexual chemistry, but they don't go all into it yet. Um, and we meet the new employee, Annie, and they use the old credit card runner. I only saw that when I, by the time I worked at a video store, it was the early 2000s. And that thing was just collecting dust under the, you know, when you would do the cleaning and you would put, be like, what is this? Mm. So, but yeah, I we do used to have to use them. If you had to, oh, if the power went out. Ah. Because, oh. you know, unlike, you know, you've got a, any bit of money you could make. We wouldn't close if the power went out. You're essential, darling. We would. Yeah. Or, well, basically, I guess if the registers were down, so then we could take cards and we would have to put them, we'd have to use that machine. Yeah. Oh, wow. But now just... it's not, um, now people just steal the card number, so we don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the receipt, you'd get the receipt that had your full, that had 
all the information on it. Cause it cause... Isn't it so crazy when you just order things like from a catalog and mail off a piece of paper with your entire credit card information on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were the days. That's when America was great. <clears throat> now now have... I just click a button and it notices my face and I order something and it's to me the next day. I know. Mm-hmm. We're on a rooftop overlooking the city of Philadelphia. We see Cheryl and Tamara farting around just being, you know. Um, then we go to Germantown, Pennsylvania. They have a lead on somebody who knows about the watermelon woman. Dude, into uh, they meet a dude who's into old films. He has lots of old movie posters. He's talking about the Royal Theater and the Dunbar Theater. Did you ever know where those were? Um, no, mother. When I my time at Philadelphia, um, at the Drexel University, it was. I was not um, in it, uh, around. Uh, I did not get a lot of Black Philadelphia culture in my time in Philadelphia. That part right. that's my fault, obviously, but also you know the, the the. I was thinking about this. I think I was the only Black woman in my class, my graduating class in film school. So <laughs> that's probably yeah, yeah though. <clears throat> There's that. So no, okay. I I was unawares of um I missed out on a lot of culture. But you picked up a lot of culture, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, these were the places to be in the 20s and 30s. They were black-owned club, black-owned and operated clubs. But this guy said he never heard of the Watermelon Woman. But he did know about a white woman director, Martha Page, and her previous research had said Martha Page was the Watermelon Woman's director. Well, she Martha Page directed Plantation Memories and like I think the other film that the Watermelon Woman had been in. So there's a common, she's like, oh, she works a lot with Martha Page. There's a lead here. There was very much, I very much, because regular listeners know I I love my OG Law and Order. So I was like, oh, this is a bit of a Law and Order, the beginning of it. It's Uh a detective story. Uh Well, these places were integrated at the time, yes? I mean, they were, shall I say, mixed. I think that if white people wanted to go to them, they could go to them. Okay. Well, um, this man is telling Cheryl that there were black movies that were shown. They would be shown before the Hollywood feature would come on. But only, I would think not in every theater. I would think like no, this was the Royal, the Dunbar, and the Standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those establishments. Right. So, um, Cheryl and Tamara go to the library archives, looking up black women in film. They have an extremely frustrating encounter with a clerk at the archives, but they find photos from the thirties and forties of black women in film. Now we go to South Philly where we see Shirley Hamilton. She's a factory worker. 
Um, and she used to hear Faye Richards sing. Now, this is, so this was the 30s and 40s. These people didn't seem that old. But this is 1996. So this is one of those weird mind trips of like, yeah, 1996 was a minute ago. Like for us, it wasn't. But when you do the math, you're like, oh. Okay, okay. Well, this person said her singing was like poetry. Also, we have to remember that black don't crack. So um, so the O-phase, O-phase is a term for lesbians. Am I wrong about that? Oh, that's something that I did not look up. But what I, did you say? What was it? O-phase? I've heard it. It's it, um, Tamara said it like, oh, the O phase, like, and then it, I used, I used my um, deduction skills to kind of assume that it was um, lesbian women. Okay, the clubs were mixed. Martha Page. I have to say that I'm seeing in my preliminary Google search that O is a slang term extremely disparaging and offensive term for a white person used by black people which again i'm chalking this up into the this is as as offensive like what did you when you heard it did you was there ever a that is meant like oh no no that's the problem that's one of the issues (laughs) there's no term (laughs) they they can cut you to the quick I don't know what you Googled. What did you, I just, what did you find? Nothing. Well, did, it's O-F-A-Y, O-Phase. That's what I thought. That's what I wrote down, O-Phase. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't Google that. I did <laughs> O, the letter, and Phase. Like, oh. the Phase to, uh, like, Okay. Here, oh, let, oh, let an me, offensive term for a white person? What? Exactly. I've never heard that. Let me let me let me tell a little story that I've heard told to me because I was a child. Just to just this is a nice little teachable moment we can have here. Take Christine, with it what you will. So when I was a I don't remember this, but apparently when I was a uh child and Ma can fill in the details, I came a crying to her. Because a kid at the playground called me a digger. I didn't even get the term right, but yet knew enough to know that that was horrible and I should be crying. Because it's the way that it was said to you. Meanwhile, none of us knew what O-Phase was. Nary a tear shed from anyone here. Never, uh, oh, I, I should be, oh, oh my gosh, oh, oh. nothing, <clears throat> which just, it just goes to my, my point about, uh, names and terms. And when we say, oh, something is the equivalent of something, if you, if you get the term wrong and you still hear it and know that it's meant for harm and causes a little kid that doesn't know anything about the world to cry because it was called that, that's... Need I say more? And I was ready to go. I'm out reading and... more about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Teeny. I just said I'm reading more about it, and it says it wasn't used in a derogatory way about whites, but matter more of a matter of fact of expression. Early black newspapers written about theatrical performers 
and that the Ofe owned the theater in which the black performers performed. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How did, how in, in all this time have I never heard that term before? I've heard it a lot. I just didn't know. I just knew that it was, it was like a term. Stay away from, yeah. One of the examples of using it in a sentence is that Ofe thinks he knows jazz. (laughs) Well, that's a good one. Well, and those are the, the, remember how you were going back just like five minutes ago and you were saying like, oh, they were integrated. Were they integrated? And I was like, oh, the white people that would go there and that felt comfortable to go there. So they were the O phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, um, so at, when you went to these clubs, you could buy pictures of the performers and then the performers would sign them for you in the club. That's a and revenue so stream. this person yes. had a lot of those photographs. Okay. Uh, we're back at the video store. And Tamara is saying Yvette was asking about Cheryl. And Cheryl says, I'm a- into dating women with mental health right now. Yeah, because Yvette, you could tell, was, Ooh, she was a, a lot of drama there. And yeah, you say black don't crack, but uh, Yvette had... Yvette, I would have put Yvette instead of Rosie Perez in the things that were said earlier. Well, Yvette just had, I mean, Yvette just had a life and she just had a a very, she was just on a different mental kind of plane. And if people want to deal with that kind of thing, then that, hey, that's fine. But it's going to be very rocky. I just, very up and down, very Rocky Mountain range relationship. Okay, so now we are back at the video store. Tamara is ordering movies under, remember a while ago we said uh, a customer came in and Cheryl and that customer had a little bit of sexual tension going on. Well, Tamara is ordering the movies for Cheryl under that person, Diana's name. But that person comes into the store and it... um, they ordered the movies under her name and the owner of the video store is at the register and he goes, Oh, you're Diana. We just ordered all these movies for you. And so she had to pay for them. So on the one of them, what that was kind of the joke is that one of them was an obvious pornographic title. And (laughs) because Tamara ordered it because she was like, yeah, well, yeah. Tamara's funny. And I don't know that it was even a real movie. Uh, as it was something about bald balls. Yeah, it is. It tracks with the titles. Like, okay, okay, you'd be surprised. Not a lot of thought goes into the titles a lot of times. Um, Debbie you, does Dallas. I mean, no, they're they just kind of cut to the quick of like, it, what do you want to see? Well, this actually, Tamara was interested to see what bald balls would look like. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Diana, the person who actually had to pay for these videos, um, says to Cheryl, looks like you want if you want to see these movies, you've got to come to my house. And so Cheryl goes to Diana's house. And thankfully, <laughs> thank you, gods, it has been almost 40 minutes and I stop. Because <laughs> right at 40 minutes. Lucky, you guys so lucky on that one i was like i'm interested to see how she explains 
I was going to fudge it and say I stopped before the lesbian sex scene. Okay. I mean, if we start a Patreon, I think that Ma should do that for the Patreon. Just an in-depth description of minutes 42 to 43 and a half. Ma's in-depth notes. A play-by-play play note. A play-by-play play of this lesbian sex scene from the Watermelon Woman. Yours for $5 a month. <laughs> oh. oh, you guys are having too much fun. Okay, uh, we're doing. We're not actually doing a people of color count for this film. Although I had a question because when a- when Annie popped onto the screen, did anybody else go, "Oh, there's an Asian woman," or did was she just like, "Did you guys just like, no, she's just white." Yeah, I, I just, just went with white. white. Okay, then then I I will ease on back and be like, "Well, okay, nope." Okay. But as far as power of cast. Oh, I mean, the whole film, really. Yes. The whole reason for the, the film. The whole premise is, for oh, yeah. the film. Is just the whole thing. And I mean, we've been doing this podcast for so long that it, it's like, yeah, black actresses. How many times have we done it where, yeah, they weren't credited, uncredited, uncredited. And I think hopefully a lot of work has been done from 1996 to 2021 of because i see it now when i go into wikipedia it'll be like oh yeah this person was in this movie uncredited 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 so yeah people have gone back and done research and kind of trying to fill in that gap um just again the power of cast how so we missed out on so much talent that was just regulated to mammy roles I mean, not just mammy roles, but because it's well, the water servant, servitude. But just so, like, we just lost out on that. And then also, the film, um, because it, it really goes to the heart of the power of narrative and the ownership of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Correct. I had, a, like, even... Um, I read an article on uh, this website called Out on Screen, but they, as even at the Lesbian Center, the black queer women couldn't take ownership of their own history. Like she was trying to take pictures of, like well, as soon as she was filming the picture, they were like, "Oh no, you can't do that. You can't take pictures in here." Um, yeah, and, and then there was the one scene with like the police. Like, remember when the police were yes. missing, like, she was yes. trying to, and then it was just, like, they it happened, and they never talked about it again. It was, like, it was like that's just an everyday occurrence, and here right. we go. Now it's, we're on to the next day, next scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we are to nerd alerts, Aaron. <clears throat> okay, so I went with, even though the U.S., it came out in the U.S. in 1997, I went with 1996 because when you look it up, everything Buddy says, Watermelon Woman, 1996. So remember 1996, I believe that that was when Fargo came out because the first thing that came up, I was like, I've said this before. Ah. Oh, if I had had a notebook, it would have been in that notebook. Oh, I'm but sorry. I didn't, so... <laughs> 1996, the first clamshell cell phone came out. That was the Motorola StarTac. We had the, the flip phone. Yep. yep. 
clam. Oh, the I clam phone. Me a flip phone. Yep. Uh, the blizzard of 96 happened. Yes, it was so good. If you were a teacher or a student in 96, mm-hmm. we were off more than a full week. Oh, we like, were. I would be watching my two o'clock soap opera after my one o'clock soap one opera. Life had to already live. Gone and, and it would come up. Uh, uh, streamer at the bottom <laughs> saying Fairfax County schools are closed tomorrow. And, yes! and you would be yelling. Cause I think that I had, I think I had rented legends of the fall. So I just watched legends of the fall so many times, just this long haired Brad Pitt and Julio Ormond. He was great. Yeah. And you would call down and be like, no school tomorrow. <laughs> We're like, yes. And remember the thing about that blizzard was that it snowed and then the ice came on top of it. Yes. And it kept the snow there, so nothing could be done. Yeah, and and my basketball great. coach would call and be like, um, you got to stay in shape. And I'm like, no, I don't, because you don't play me. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Just sit on the bench behind the pregnant girl? All right. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my butt's doing great. I'm really working on it. Got it. <laughs> I, I sit on, on a hard chair yeah like two hours a day so i'm ready for for tonight's game yeah i'm ready i've got my my hands are ready i've been clapping so my hands don't get irritated <laughs> woo, woo. i know i know how to get everybody's water bottle for them i'm good i'm good i'm good <clears throat> disney good disney bought abc um okay so the 69th academy awards which took place in 1997 but mm-hmm. it was representative of films that came out in 1996. The Best Picture nominees for that year were Shine. Remember Jeffrey Rush, piano guy? Never heard oh, of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Secrets and Lies. I believe that was a Mike Lee film. Already, have we established a theme? Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. Fargo. Ah. Remember, we did Fargo. And then the winner for this year of the movies that came out. No, The English Patient won. Yeah, I did like The English Patient, though. I know it was slower and it was so slow. And Poppy said, does every movie script have to have somebody having an affair? And I said, if if I want to see it, yeah. Um, Yeah. Oscar's always been white. Refines, yeah, yeah, refines. But it's just interesting, like the watermelon woman, and none of us have heard of this film. And then these are the Academy Awards for Best Picture. All right, here are the top five movie making pictures in 1996: The Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame. It was that. It was that Disney cartoon. Oh, a cartoon. The Rock, that was uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, that was about Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible. Was that the first one? The first one, yeah. Ah. Twister. Oh, cows flying. Yeah, but are are you like seeing like who where where's any where's any people? Oscars have always been white people. This isn't Oscars. This is the top grossing films. Ah, Independence Day, but we have Will Smith, and and that's like Independence Day. 
I mean, he was already the Fresh Prince, but Independence Day being the number one box office film in 1996 is why Will Smith is Will Smith. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I thought that this was interesting because I went ahead and looked at the top uh, Billboard songs, and I was I looked and Tracy Chapman's "Give Me One Reason." Oh man was number six on Billboard's year-end Hot 100 singles of 1996. Yeah. Just... Oh, should have been number one. What was number one? The I believe it was the Macarena. Oh All right. Well, I mean, what a hit. I, my mom sang Give Me One Reason at a church talent show one time. Wow. wow. It's a jam. Probably in 1996. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bop. It is. It set her like I know she's had a nice life to do a lot of nice, wonderful philanthropy for feminist issues based on "Give Me One Reason." I got I got goosebumps just with you mentioning it. But also in 1996, <clears throat> which I didn't write down, but it is a it is a uh, profound milestone song in the Bush family. Would be Bone Thugs in Harmony. That hit. And it's just the, the gin erased it from my mind, but boom, 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 boom. Because my brother yeah. loved Bone Thugs and Harmony. I remember when your brother loved Poison. I loved Poison. He didn't love Pour Some Sugar on Me. No, that was me. And that's Def Leppard. The blasphemy. Ouch. He loved okay. he loved <clears throat> in excess when we when he was real little yeah, in 1988. He yeah. He introduced me to that. I was like, yo, that and to this day, that's in my top five greatest albums of all time, in excess kick. All right. It holds up. Those are my Ooh, nerd alerts. Froze. Okay. Um, Christine, nerd alerts. Zero. Me as well. None. Uh, reheatables. Negatives first, please. Um, I'll go first. I have two things that are both on negative and positive. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is 90s fashion. Yes. 90s. Yes. And movie rental stores. Because how disgusting. But they're also on my positive. And we never wipe them off with Clorox wipes? Excuse me, guys, but teeny, ma, do you understand why now? That is when it happened I, for you. It was, it was, yeah. it was... I had seen Outbreak, it was planted into my head, and then working at a video store, and it's when the connection made. It's why I haven't been at a store since August, last and time. This wasn't a blockbuster you worked at. There was, there was, what is that stuff called that, it's like the really thick plastic, the that comes down and you have to push through that to go into another oh, area. No, excuse me. We Ew, had a no, we had a purple so velvet curtain. 
Oh, I remember. I see. That's how your mind works. Yeah. I remember going through that like construction stuff. No, that's clear. It was a like a a dark velvet curtain that separated the adult section. First time I ever was in a a porno part of a video store. (laughs) It was so bright. Wasn't it's so bright because you don't realize that like the lighting. So many neon colors. Just yeah. advertising balls. Just yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that was something I never need to repeat. Um, Aaron, negative reheatables. Oh wait, wait. I'm not, oh. I wasn't done. I'm so sorry. Oops. <laughs> now I'm on the list. <laughs> um, VHS tapes. Like, please be kind. Rewind. Yeah. And remember when you had like rich friends that would have a separate uh, rewind machine? I didn't have rich friends. No, apparently. We, no. Well, no. by rich, I mean I didn't either. But she was um, higher in middle class, middle class than I was, oh. and she had a separate rewind machine. Yeah, Savannah. Mm. I didn't um, even know there was one. Yeah. Now this one is something I want to like, but. It doesn't make sense for me. The produce man. When they went to the produce guy, which I love the idea, shop local, farmer's market. But that lady just needed carrots and broccoli. Yeah. Like, you made a special trip to the produce guy just for carrots and broccoli. What about everything else? Yeah. Then you have to go to the grocery store. But maybe that was all she could afford. Those were her vegetables she could afford. I remember I saw a produce guy, but he was not, because this is when I was taking uh, a photography class. And so Evan and I were walking around Philadelphia, you know, taking pictures with film. And I took (laughs) pictures of him with a produce guy and there was not a line. So (laughs) it was, that's what that produce guy reminded me of. And we did not buy anything. It was, it was. Looking back on it, I'm like, that was probably a pretty problematic encounter that we had. Just, oh, youth. Um, I think this was, what was the girl's name? The white girl? Diana. 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 I think she said, what do I want to do with my life? I want to do it all. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I just wrote no. I just never had the, I mean, and maybe that's, I just never had that does you know people are like follow your dreams i'm like what dreams i don't know that's why you're a bush baby that's why you're a bush um yeah and i definitely don't want to do it all like that sounds tiring what is the bare minimum that Uh, i can do and be like content you know just just maintain a nice contentness of of just you know i would say happiness but i feel like when you say happiness people think that you're just like smiling all but it's no it's just this level of just niceness contentedness yes contentedness and then living in lofts like sound it seems fun and cool have to get a loft space but what do you like how do you separate your room mm. you just have one big space you gotta make up a room and there's nowhere separate to go and i feel like it would be really big, cold really cold and drafty yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you need a lot of big furniture to fill it up that's expensive mm. big artwork mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah those are true. my negatives 
good. I, I like the, yeah, the loft space thing. Hmm. Yes. Erin? Well, yeah, because lofts have always been, like, dangled in front of us as, like, this aspirational thing. But now when you put it that way, it's just like, why? Mm -mm. I'd rather have a, give me a room. I want somewhere separate to go. Yes, define. Define my areas. I like this. My negatives. Smoking inside? Ugh, yeah. What are we Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) They're, yeah, they're at the karaoke bar and people are just smoking. I'm just like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And then even if you didn't smoke, you let, went home with tobacco smoke, well, or other smoke, all over your, in your hair. Yeah. Researching something before the internet and just how much those books? you had to really want to know something. Yes, you did. So then that got me thinking and I went down because then there's this but. So I, I'm holding that in my head at, at the same time. But I'm also holding this other thought in my head at the same time, which I encourage people to do because you can't hold two contradictory ideas in your head at the same time. But. The stuff that was vetted in the life, like when you had to go research, like that stuff was vetted. So it wasn't this crazy free for all of information True. that we have True. now. But who was doing the vetting and right. the stories that were being told is the reason that this whole movie is being made because there's a whole, just a whole gigantic group of people and stories that just aren't being told black women's stories be not being told queerness stories not being told um all of these stories that are just flung to the margin of not being told it's like but then i come back to just what's happening now and how you can i love it because if i have a question i can go on the internet i can find out what happened but I, I go back to what I heard Neil Brennan say in one of his podcasts, and he had this joke about, like, there's some people that you want to say, like, maybe you shouldn't read. Because, <laughs> because we have been given so much information that it's kind of like giving a teenager, a 16-year-old, or maybe even a 15-year-old, keys to not not a Camry, not a Corolla, you're throwing keys to a Ferrari and here. And like a 16-year-old doesn't know what to do with the horsepower of a Ferrari. But that's what what we've done. Like we have all of this information at our fingertips, but we haven't been I don't think there's it's been a good job of teaching how to disseminate information. And we are reaping the rewards of that neglect, which benefits a bunch of people. So I don't think that it's on accident that that happened. Mm-hmm. I think that there is so- some of it that it just came on us t- super fast and we didn't realize it. And there's a lot that it's like, no, this is kind of good for us if there's a bunch of dumb ass people who don't know how to disseminate all the information that's coming at them. But we, we have so much information at our fingertips that it's just, man, wow. Again, though, what what sources do you use to get your information? Mm-hmm. But being able to 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 look at that and to go through the steps and being because you know what she had to do 
is she had to go to a library and she had to go to books and these books are in the library because somebody who works at the library said that yes this information we need to have this and we need to have that and it isn't to say that the library they didn't have like crazy quacks stuff in there but it would it it seemed like there was a system in place but there wasn't a system in place for her because when she went to the reference guy he's like well did you go to the black section well, did you go to the film section, you know? So it's there's still a lack of information because it's by the gatekeeper. So it's just like, oh, man, well, we like from the get-go, we's fucked, so. Yeah. Mm. Any other negative or heatables, Aaron? Well, I had, like, the karaoke because it makes me cringe. Like, just <laughs> karaoke. Like, I could do karaoke with our family if it was just... And I, you know what? I don't even know because Teeny is a, a, a singer. So I do, I would have to get... Uh, we could get her, I you mean, know, yeah, you could get me that she would think we were good. Uh, no, funny. Uh, funny. Yeah. She'd think we were funny. But, but it's like, oh, it's just... Oh, I don't... Oh, it's just... I rarely sing alone to myself. <laughs> When I'm yeah, I don't, here, I don't do that frequently. I am a either. hum. I hum along. I'm a hummer. I I very rarely let loose the vocals because every time I do, it's so disappointing. <laughs> so those are my negative reheatables. Mine was well. Mine was okay. I have to edit out my LVP. Um, white people telling black people how to feel by comparing their black experience with the white person's Italian experience. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, okay, I'll save it. Okay. Positive reheatables though. Um, I have nineties fashion. There are some scenes where it looks like, it's today. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Like both Diana and Cheryl. So that's why it was on my positive, positive and negative. Movie rental stores, once again. There were good things about it. It was fun. It was like so fun to go and pick out a movie. And get And like get you had to you make want. a decision to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this this weekend rather than just scrolling through mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty fun to work at too. It was a nice gig. <laughs> you made some interesting uh, people. Oh, I bet. Karaoke bars. I enjoy. We're gonna do. When this. I lived in DC, we would. There was a guy we worked with, and he did a karaoke night every Thursday at this bar, and we would just go all get drunk and sing songs. Um, it was before us. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what? Oh, the title screen. When it came up and it was the purple and green, it was like the title of the movie and it was purple and green behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact colors I wanted to paint my room when I was a kid. <laughs> I wanted one, two walls to be that purple. And two walls to be that green. And that's when my dad told me that they don't make purple paint. And I said, okay, well, I guess I have to do yellow. And so then he let me do yellow and green, which I don't understand why that was any better. But 
Um, That's funny. Tim lied to you. <laughs> he did. They don't make purple paint. <laughs> oh, like, shit. I guess I got to pick another color. Um, and she accepted it. But, but do they make Sharon. red paint? Do they make blue paint? Can we just mix That's those two Aaron paints? Erin would have mixed it. No. <laughs> no. Um, I, um, I was stupid. I didn't know how to make purple. How? Well, you know, we didn't have the internet. I couldn't Google it. <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl's training skills. I thought she was so good training that girl. And she was like, no, I know she was partly just like, you know, I don't know, trying to flirt with the other girl, but, she, but the girl at the movie store when she had to go, like, she was like, I'll, I'll go get the movies and put them in the boxes. And Cheryl was like, no, stay here and we'll do this together. And I thought she was doing an excellent job of training her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was nice too. She wasn't real short mm-hmm. like Tamara was. Um, I don't, Oh, the zebra chair chase lounge when they were like sitting on it. Oh my god, it was so cool. You didn't notice that? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. How did I miss that? I think it was in Diana's. It must have been in Diana's. Was it in the loft? I think it was in the loft. It must have been. Well, they Mm -hmm. weren't in the chase very long. (laughs) No. Uh, Campari. I like Campari. What's Campari? It's like a liqueur, I think. Oh, it's red. Um, wait, that's what they was that what they were drinking at Diana's Loft? Uh, that's what they were drinking when they were hanging. No, they're drinking wine at her loft when they went over to for dinner at. And they were with Cheryl's friend and her girlfriend, and they had dinner. And she was oh. like, "Oh, she likes Campari. I've it's never... a liqueur. You can make like mm-hmm. a Campari spritz." Oh, I've never heard of Campari. Oh, no. I love it. I've heard of it, but I haven't ever tasted it. No, oh. Bevmo order is coming up, so I recommend it. It's a really nice in the summertime. Uh, and that the place that she went to research was called the center for lesbian information and technology yeah. uh, and then it was clit yeah i thought i i, I thought that was yeah a cute little take on things my positive reheatables yes. um well, I already mentioned it, a TLA video, even though it wasn't TLA video. But when I saw it, I was like, this is TLA video. So just video stores. Um, At the beginning, the very first thing, how Tamara had bought a camera. And I remember in film school, the girl who, like everybody knew the girl who bought a camera. Because at this time... <laughs> We didn't have cameras in our phones where you could just make exactly. something. Like these cameras cost a bunch of money. And I remember the girl in our class who bought it and you were always like super nice to her. And she was a legitimately nice woman anyway. But, you know, the fact that she bought it and, and yeah, she had to go out and do weddings and do all of this stuff because she had to pay 
you know, she had payment pay on cam- and pay the camera. And that was one of those things in the mid 2000s when I bought my own camera. I was like, oh, I'm just buying it flat out so I don't have to go to these weddings and stuff. I just bought it myself. And there's no financing here. Ha ha ha. And then, you know, two years later, your phones just <laughs> have better cameras than <laughs> what is in there. And you, But just that whole thing was yeah it brought back memories um how what do i have history is so um oh man the how history is it the the fact okay spoiler alert if you haven't this is on showtime if you haven't seen it i'm gonna spoil it I went through this movie and I was writing down Martha Page. I was writing down Faye Richardson. No, I went to Google. <laughs> I was just like, these are people who I didn't. And Emma's alluded to it, Truth and Soul. The whole, like the thing about Truth and Soul, I didn't even brought, like, uh, Cheryl Dunye is so much uh, better and far woker than I am because I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind to look for black female filmmakers. I was just looking for early black pioneer filmmakers and came across Oscar Michaud. It never even crossed my mind that I already knew. I was like, they're barely letting this black man do anything. Oh, black woman. No, there's not going to be anything. So that's why Truth and Soul is just straight up Oscar Michaud and and like researching him and stuff. So so I'm thinking, oh, man, like I know that I don't know everything because there's a whole bunch of shit that hasn't been taught to me. I've been gaslit all these years. I'm writing down all these names and then it's kind of dawning on me like over the course of the film where I'm like but wait is this because I know what I would have done in making a film and I'm just like wait wait is this real is this real and so just the fact that the whole conceit and thing of the movie like yes I could have just gone to my paused it and gone to my phone and looked to see if this was real but I didn't I stuck with it and I like the the either or the 50 50 of like wait is this real or is this not is this real or is this not I loved it yeah I did the same thing I was writing down all the names mm-hmm um the I thought that it was interesting that the archives and I think this that this goes to sort of the bias that I had of watching it and because I had gone with like Oscar Michaud and he was in the silent film so it was earlier in this so I just wondered why it was the 30s that she settled on um but then I I kind of did the math and I was like oh well if it was the 30s it kind of makes sense for like her mother and it fits into the time like the timeline kind of makes more sense if it's in the 30s. But to me, it always felt like it would be earlier in sort of the Michaud era, mm-hmm. um, silent films, early talkies kind of thing. And then, but the, but that, the great, re, like my good reheatable is just all the archive. Because once you realize, you're like, I don't think that this is real. And then it's just how good of a job they did with all of the archive footage, all of the archive photography. I was like, oh, that's where the money went. 
And then it made me think of, I don't know if you guys listened to the most recent My Favorite Murder, but they did the story of Eugene Bullard Mm -hmm. or Ballard. No, I think it was Ballard. Ballard, I think it was. Yeah. And it just made me think, like, I sat through, like, yeah, Forrest Gump, a great movie. Where's this guy's movie? He was a real person. This would have been a fantastic movie. Oh, my gosh. Another good reheatable, the vibe of the whole movie, it's not, it's it's just got a nice light vibe to it. Even though it's about mm-hmm. how there's no movies about black, like black female queerness. And, you know, she's, it's the first black lesbian film directed by a black lesbian and showing that whole world and it immerses you in it it's still got this light touch and it doesn't feel like there isn't the the trauma that's just pu- pushing you down it's like it, you feel like it, it doesn't need to express it because you're already like oh it's already there and so but she just has this like lightness to it and just the whole vibe of the thing and there are some really laugh out loud funny lines in this that made me laugh out loud um, and then it made me wonder, did you guys think, because there was part romantic comedy in it with Diane and so mm-hmm. then she's dating mm-hmm. her. Did you all think that it was weird how that resolved in the film as in it, like we're just, just told. Did. Yeah. I was trying to find how, what she was going through with her, with her friend Tamara and, Diana, how that was um, mimicked in the search for Faye Richardson, but that wasn't. It was. It was kind of like she was. I mean, she was searching for a relationship, but that didn't happen. And well, actually, Faye Richardson didn't happen. So, oh, like in real life, yeah. Because I, I just thought it was interesting how she, it's very close to the end. She's just like, oh, yeah, I'm not with Diana anymore. And I'm not really with Tamara. We're not really speaking anymore. I know, I didn't and like that part. This is, and I just thought that it was interesting because just from a story-wise, how we had gotten kind of invested in their relationship. But then yeah. it's just like, oh, all right. Okay. I was more invested in her relationship with Tamara than I was... I knew that it wasn't going to work out with Diana because she's she obviously had money. Mm, yeah. And she was just playing the field. I mean, she was just going for whatever was going on. Although she did. I don't have- know. I kind of like, I like that it didn't resolve it because I wasn't really invested in either of them. I was just invested in her making her film. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. And she did. And she completed that. So she didn't need nobody else. Mm-mm. And it kind of goes into the whole thing of fate. At the very end, you know, you see the title cards that confirms what you're kind of suspecting. At least Mm -hmm. I was that Faye Richardson doesn't exist, that you have to like, sometimes you have to make your own history, but in the fact that she had to make her own history, it's the whole thing that like Faye Richardson didn't exist that we know of. Like, she yeah. probably really did exist, but but that story wasn't deemed worthy to write down and keep in the libraries to be told to people. Right. And the reason that Hattie McDaniels did was because she won an Oscar. 
yeah mm-hmm and okay yeah. my my positive you're done with your positive i'm done with my positives so i have one here that i don't remember what it is playing J. what was playing J? playing Jay was the smoke a joint ma oh my gosh that's why ah! you don't remember it <laughs> That's right. Play and join. Oh, thank you. And Philadelphia. Because I do love Philadelphia. <laughs> Silly me. Okay, we are to close. On my screen, when you were talking about smoking a joint, you got frozen like this. <laughs> oh, that would be Aaron's hands up in the air. With her mouth hanging open. Okay, quotables that I have not already said, because I said a couple good ones. You know you don't have to work here, Cheryl. Sorry. <laughs> you know you don't have to work here, Cheryl. Sorry I got you the damn job in the first place. Yeah, Tim. I want to say that to half the people I know that have jobs. <laughs> you don't have to work here. Just quit. If you hate it so much, quit. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. If you two worked as much as you talked, I'd have a chain of video stores by now. <laughs> what was his name? I don't was know. Was it Joe? It was. It's important to my recasting. Oh, I didn't do a recasting. Well, you're welcome. Okay. Oh, I was curious to see what they look like without hair. And that was the movie was called Bald Black Ballbusters. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I believe there's a series uh, of that. Hollywood. I don't know what this. Oh, I think when she was looking for like a, she's doing research. One of the things she came like the articles or book or something she came across was Hollywood lesbian like Doug McCade. I wonder if he was a lesbian. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, there were quite a few just chuckle moments. Yeah. Yeah. And then the very end when she is, I'm a black lesbian filmmaker who's just beginning. Yes. Yeah. She don't need Diana or the other girl. Tamara. Tamara. That's right. Tamara. Aaron? Uh, well, you already did the first one. You worse than the white people at the bank. That made Reminds me, me laugh. Of your Burbank yeah. bank. Mm -hmm. Remember what did I say? I was like, let's go to the browner part of town. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly and what I said. Let's have mom go in and talk first. I, I was like, let's go to the browner part of town, and and I saw the tellers, and I'm like, here we will be accepted. <laughs> Excuse me, ma. I don't even need you. <laughs> However, you did use me. Um. Then who, oh, when they were when she was on the street filming, they're like, "Hey, have you ever heard of the watermelon woman?" And this one woman just made me laugh out loud. Said, "Well, from the sound of the name, she must have been in early Hollywood cinema." I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know." <laughs> um, you think? And when she went to the guy who had the all of the memorabilia, and he said, "Women are not my specialty." And then from behind the camera, he's like, yeah, we could tell by looking at you. And he was like, well, he gives a look. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and then one of the women says, if I remember my gossip correctly, which I loved. Um, 
And then oh, yeah, that's good. The, the, when they were at the uh, library, they were talking about, I forget what it was that they were talking about. It was either black women or cinema. And, and the archivist said, it's very separate. Just of like, yeah, it, we separated it out. Yeah. All. yeah. And then finally, my favorite one. I'm surprised that you didn't mention this, Ma. It's she when Tamra said, or I think it was Tamra. She said, "You gonna smoke that joint, Bogart?" <laughs> Come on, don't Bogart that joint, my friend. Which I thought just my little dyslexic brain loved it. I was like, "Oh <laughs> uh, well." Okay, so we are to least valuable player. Okay. I'm going to go first. Mine is um, having people in movies that are uncredited. Yeah. Anybody who's in the movie deserves to be credited in the credits. And the way the credits are now, my God, surely every person who was ever on a piece of celluloid has got to be credited. A good one, teeny. Well, I didn't know who this was, so I at first just wrote this Italian bitch. Watermelon is the color of the Italian flag. Yeah, yes, that's mine. There you go. High five, teeny. The white critic, even though they they had the somebody put in that, that she was doing a a parody of herself. I'm. I was. Re- she was pretty comfortable. Then with I started looking into her, and I don't know. I don't know. Is it a parody? Article of how do you say her name? Camille Paglia. Paglia, I believe. Paglia is not transgender, and she just claims to be transgender to troll other transgendered people. No. What? And I, I mean, I couldn't read that much into it, but. Like at one point, she wrote every. She's like talking about the the 60s attempted a return to nature that ended in disaster. Everyone of my generation who preached free love is responsible for AIDS. I don't know. She just. <gasps> oh my yeah. god! That, yeah, because when when in, in Wikipedia they said that the quote where she the woman said that that this was a stereotypical over the top thing. I read that after I watched this because when I was watching this. This was something that it struck me because I was like, yeah, this is that bullshit that they taught me. Like, this is right in line with that gaslighting thing of like, oh, you think that a boy with the watermelon, like, you should feel a certain way, but you shouldn't. It went right in with the whole state rights bullshit that they crammed down my throat. Like, all of these, you know, like, no offense, but these white people telling black people how to feel about something and i was like the problem is if it's true and in this movie it is a parody of herself the problem is is that it's it's one of those things where i i usually boil it down to my catchphrase of this is why we can't have nice things but it's that that problem of a lot of people this is how they have been saying this stuff like, right, like right. it's too close. The parody is when it gets too close to that, where I'm like, are you being like, it's the whole reason that Dave Chappelle went to Africa when he thought that he was making these jokes. And then right. he realizes like, no, these people are laughing at something different. Exactly. What? 
yeah, yeah. it's that kind of thing of like why okay, he lives in ohio now like you ohio can, but he but if you look at where he lives in ohio it makes sense because he lives in like a, a very liberal place where like the free slaves went and established Right. And yellow well, just springs. right down the road is a barn with the Confederate flag on it. Yeah, but you know, people had to congregate and be like, you are accepted here. You're, you, like, we're going to make a school. And mm-hmm. so those, those pockets and exist. I, Go ahead, Teeny. I just also want to say that my runner up was Diana because she seems like such an annoying person to be around. Didn't and she? Was talking about all of her travel and. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just couldn't stand her. Read the and, room, Diana. Read the room. Yeah. And did she really travel all those places? Or or if she did, again, read the room. These people didn't have that uh, mm-hmm. ability. They weren't afforded that. So, uh, okay. MVP. Well, wait. I had a runner-up to my... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, to me and Teeny's... Uh, LVP and my my runner up MVP was having to create history. LVP, right? LVP L- was having to create history, having like looking for something, not finding it, knowing for damn sure that it exists because it's not like black lesbians just happened in the in 1996. You know, well, that's what that that's what that one set lady said. Ooh. No, we would not have interracial anything back then i know my god it was against the law i was just like this woman i mean that's what really that's honestly that's what really made me be her be the lvp because i was like this bitch you're gonna tell me then why do we have the term mulatto bitch Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that didn't exist oh and i don't know if you i don't watch the bachelor but i do listen to the podcast with Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan, the Higher Learning Podcast. And so I did notice that there was a whole hullabaloo. And but one of the memes I saw did make me LOL because I'm like, that's true. And it was this woman who was saying, just because you didn't think it was racist before 2020 doesn't mean that it wasn't racist before 2020. Right. It's just like, oh, you didn't think the interracial marriage happened before 1967? Like, they're, do the math. There, it happened. People are going to love who they want to love. And then there were the, there was no love involved. There were the people who were just creating new life to be their possessions. Well, yeah, during like slavery times. But once slavery ended and stuff, you're not going to tell me that, like, you know, no. in 1870, that there wasn't a, a an interracial couple, and no, because look at the look at 23andMe. I looked at my 23andMe. <laughs> you can't tell, like, I mean, it's it's there. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Okay, um, so now we are to MVPs, mm-hmm. and I do have a runner-up, Cheryl's butt. <laughs> that was that was yeah. that was a very fit butt and yeah. we saw a lot of it yeah I, you know i don't remember diana's butt at all no but it kind of made me well like, because well, we saw a lot of her front side is dead yeah we did yeah we saw a lot of everyone and it it it's just an odd i would never um this just me 
just the the writing of that I, i'm like i have to do what now what on the cell i don't know maybe you don't write that scene but it was interesting and i'm glad i'm like i'm glad she did it because she's making the history she's putting yeah. it out there yeah but it's it was just weird to me of like she wrote this and direct how did she direct her butt <laughs> I don't know, but she did a fine job of it. Yeah. Um, an LVP, she... just because I'm 69 and older than fuck, that um, the the tongue piercing, I just don't get it. I don't understand well, how that's comfortable at all, or how that. Well, enhanced... it might not be comfortable for you, but that enhances the uh, situation, eh? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying from what I've heard. From what you've heard that that isn't. Okay. Rumor has it. For the other person. Okay. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Cut to the summer. Teeny has a tongue pierced. We just look and never say anything else about it. It's my don't ask, don't tell students. Um, okay. Uh, her runner-up was her butt. But my MVP was that she made this movie and made up Faye Richardson because she couldn't find... I mean, that this history wasn't written anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so she made it up. And she got it done. Yep. She made her film. Yep. Mine was oh, I, oh let me pull up my quote let me pull up my quote okay i put what oh, it's frozen on a very funny face right now okay <laughs> my my mvp was black queer stories being told by black women and she put i think the um when she was cheryl junior was interviewed last year i think or no a few years ago for the film's 20th anniversary so the 2017 20th year anniversary yeah damn and she said i think the film lives on for that reason because people still don't know what a black queer person looks like unless it's a farcical drag queenie commercial way yeah that's not all that we are we're a very beautiful rainbow of identities very nice so Mm -hmm. and what was the movie that we watched oh the whiz where it was like Oh, actually, that was a white director, and yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yes. And how it so. makes and then and, and screenwriter too. Yeah, and then when we watch Sounder, how the different the new the just those subtle nuances where you're like, oh, because a black guy adapted this, so it's you get the you get mm-hmm. the just the subtleties that that it might not be that people can that you know outsiders might not pick up on. I, yeah, I agree. My MVP, I guess I should say, like, my runner-up is the same kind of, like, as what Teeny was saying, was just seeing just, you know, black queerness and just different kinds of blackness and different kinds of queerness and how it's crazy that this is in 1996 and I hadn't heard of it until last week and watching right. it. And then it's just... That's yeah. kind of sad, but just of seeing because so often just black people get just put into the, like this is this is black, this is the culture, this is what you have to be. And 
there's such a multitude and there's such a different array and it's it was just so refreshing but my ultimate mvp is how well all of the archive footage and stuff because it had me going just the yeah, films and stuff too. and the me pictures too. i was like yeah i've seen that. i've i've seen her i'm gonna have to go i don't if i had a notebook yeah. i would know the films that she was she an imitation of life what i've seen her and yeah just how seamless and stuff that was i was like oh they they got you they did they did a really good job Okay, so I am understanding from my context clues that I'm the only one who did a recasting. Well, I didn't do a recasting because part of this movie is the fact that it is historical in that it was the first film done, written and directed by a black lesbian filmmaker. And the Mm -hmm. whole thing about going through it and then at the end finding out that it's um i i just didn't see how it could be remade because also it's part of that 1990 like part of it is that it is a time capsule because of like what teeny said with the clothing and all of that is that it's a in and of itself it is a historical document even though what it references as history isn't the the main protagonist of that history is fake but everything else around it supporting that protagonist is actually real like the different places in philadelphia louise beavers all the different people and stuff that's real so i i didn't really feel like they could remake it because it is such a night a specific time capsule so i was kind of at a loss for how i would recast it then i was well can you cast someone who you think is a heterosexual in a in a lesbian role but actors and actresses should should be able to do that but is it disrespectful to do that so i'm just going to go with my with my two recasting that i did because oh, whenever we saw a picture of Faye Richardson she had that huge smile and she was gorgeous. And that reminded me of Crystal. Oh, yes. So, and and I know that I don't, but I feel like from what I have seen of Crystal's uh, social media and how she is very um, proactive with equal rights for everybody, that she would be okay in that role. And then I went to the owner of the video store, mm-hmm. the dude, because he so reminded me of someone who was in a um, a movie called, I believe, was it Screwdriver? Where uh, somebody played Winston-Salem. But that's, yeah, I know. Did he I... not totally remind you of your brother? No. Playing Winston Salem. Oh, playing Winston Salem. Yeah, he was really dorky playing Winston Salem. He, he was so your brother playing Winston Salem. Was that Screwdriver? That, w- no. No, that was not Screwdriver. That was a, I forget who it was. It was the Juno debacle. The Juno debacle. <laughs> Yes. Uh, how 
You got your brother to I do don't... a feature length film with you. Well it, well, it was only feature length in that I didn't know about editing. Like it, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes that the, the could be cut it it could be cut down. But but you, I mean that was he was actually where... really good. And even in the time, I was like, he's really good because he was so freaking dorky. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. We so, have to show. Well, we have to find it and show Teeny it. Oh my he's god! So dorky. And that he committed to that because this was weekend upon weekend upon weekend that we would film your your films in yes. our home. Yes. And that he actually committed to doing that but, was. But, I mean, he also. Well, maybe he did have more going on, but it wasn't, he couldn't drive. So it wasn't that he could drive and hang and out with other people. And it wasn't football season. And it, yeah. He, and he wasn't, But it was a know, sacrifice on his part. Yes. He wasn't sacrificing his studies to do the part. Yes, no. But, okay. But I do feel that he had a good time doing it. Didn't we all? <laughs> didn't we all? Yeah. Didn't we all? Wait, the time that, Somebody threw the key to the shed <laughs> and we didn't have that backup to know where the key landed. We had to search that backyard forever to find the key to the shed. Yeah, that, that's the things that, that you know, the, the things you do for art, you know, I mean, we got to make it look real, really throw it. it it's that fine. Was like, that was like at least a year and a half of our lives every weekend. Well, was it was more than that film. because there was a whole bunch of other different projects. Remember, we lived for a good probably 18 months with a dead body tape in the Outline. living room. Outline in the, living, in the room. living room. I started to worry about the duct tape actually harming. It wasn't the... duct tape. How dare you? It was masking tape. See, which is even worse on carpet. Okay, moving on, we are to our Tasty Nuggets. Yes. Okay. Anybody? I I have tasty nuggets. I have a few as well. The budget for this movie was $300,000, which in today's money is $509,570 in today's money. Okay. Cheryl received a $31,500 endowment from the national endowments for the arts for post-production um this congressman from michigan republican i don't mean to lead the jury on this but his name is peter hoxtra he so this a film critic wrote about the sex scene and said that it was super steamy, very hot. But not gratuitous. I didn't feel like it was gratuitous. No, but she wrote about it and, you know, it was 1996, so that kind of was what picked up traction, of course. So other people, so it came to his um office and his eyes. So then he watched the movie and Shock among shock, he was, um, li- I guess you would say livid. Yeah, he was livid and he was not happy that taxpayer money was being used for 
I forget all the terms that he said, but it was based... Explicit homosexuality. Yeah, explicit homosexuality. I saw a video that this guy had done where he had the video of this guy talking and he had the VHS tape and he was holding it up saying, I wouldn't have my mother watch it. And I laughed because I'm like, my mother did watch it. And she's like, I wouldn't have my children watch it. And I laughed because I'm like, my mother's child did watch it. And just he's going like on and on about it and like really making it out to be like it's pornographic and it's not pornographic. It's like, oh, watch Bridgerton. And this is like Bridgerton is way more pornographic than this was. Yeah. So he so as far into a a lesbian relationship as I've ever gone. But but it still wasn't pornographic. Yeah, it was a sex Uh scene. No, it was a sex scene, just like any other. It sex was scene any other movie. Yeah, most mostly kissing, uh, and a little bit of you know boob licking. <laughs> yeah, you saw some nipple lipping. Yeah, Lippy, licking. You know, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't see below the anything happening below the waist. No, no, no. I mean, you saw a little bit below the waist, but I mean, you're MVP, ma. So come on. Well, her butt was amazing. But anyway, but this guy, he did not like the taxpayer money from the National Endowments of the Arts had been used because Cheryl had been granted this and, you know, had been done. And as a result, sad, like, you know, the movie went on and stuff. But sadly, as a result of this, the National Endowment of the Arts, which I believe started in 1965, and I meant to look up more about it, but it was like, you know, to disperse money and to, you know, give money to artists and stuff and let artists do art because there's not a lot of money in art being done. And it's important because it shows society and mirrors society. And it also is the stuff that gets remembered and the stuff that gets remembered is the stuff that gets put in history books. And that's kind of the whole point of what this movie is, because it's what's about not being put in history books. So it's really ironic that this white man is up there in the halls of Congress talking and trying to silence a black queer woman. Like, how far have we really come? And so sadly... Um, the National Endowment of the Arts, they did have to change the way that they do, that they grant out money and stuff as a result of this controversy by this guy. And I just want to point out that this guy, um, he's still around. And in the last administration, he was named the United States ambassador to the Netherlands by the former motherfucker. So, you know, he's still out here doing his motherfuckery shit and uh yeah that shit just doesn't go away <laughs> exactly they're like cockroaches apparently so that's good um zoe leonard she created the photo archive which i thought was fantastic Amazing. so shout out to her this film won the teddy award from for Best Feature Film at the Berlin International Film Festival and the Audience Award for Outstanding Narrative Feature at LA Outfest. In 2016, it was acquired by the Museum of Modern Art as part of their film collection. So it will, it's in good hands, thank God. 
But and it's nice that it's on Showtime, so people can stumble upon exactly. it. Those are my tasty nuggets. Um, you said all of mine. Um, I didn't have any. Oh my god! There wasn't a lot because it's, you know, a black lesbian filmmaker making a film about 30s and 40s black people in film. So, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. So that is The Watermelon Woman. I thank Christine for giving us this film because I had never heard of it. Yes. Yeah, it was a great pick. And it's funny because I am having a teeny moment myself here. If you had asked me during the week, I would be like, oh, I'm picking this film. Oh, I'm picking this film. Oh, I'm picking this film. And I'm staring here. I have a list of five films, and now I have to pick one. Okay. What are you picking? Where are we going? All right. Okay. Well, uh, I, uh, all right. Well, well, how, well, how do we feel? Because I was like, it was Black History Month. I was leaning toward telling a story that we weren't taught in school. Okay. Because it was history. Yeah. So I guess it is, do we want to tell the story that is United States based? Or my other film was history of black people in England, because I really don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like history that wasn't taught about American, black American history or history from Europe that, you know, obviously I wasn't taught. I would go America. All right. Oh. Well, then I'm picking it. I'm going ahead. I'm breaking out. Oh, I'm breaking out of the 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 gone with the bushes shackles. I'm I'm this is we haven't done this since we did the Bradley Cooper film. Remember in October? Yeah. yeah. The uh the uh yeah, you know, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that we can't remember it. But this movie is out now on HBO Max. It just came out. And I was going to watch it regardless. But I feel like because I, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot of shit that they didn't teach me in school. HBO Max, Judas and the Black Messiah. I wanted to see that. I mean, I'm going to watch it regardless this weekend. But I'm just like, all right, let's go. 2021. The, oh, and also one of my good reheatables for this film was how <laughs> I say this. As I pick the film for the next, because the next week is not going to be this way, just so everyone knows. But like this film didn't, it was entertaining and it didn't trudge around in trauma. And that was one of the things that Teeny pointed out when she picked yes. the movie. Yes. Not the case for this film, but this right. is a film that is a history that we have not been taught. And I got, I got um, huh, hip to it, if you will, when uh, Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7 came out, I went down a whole rabbit hole about this and was like, wait, what? This? Who? And what? Huh? So, 
There we're going. Judas and the Black Messiah. It's on HBO Max. Is this based in Chicago? This is the Fred Hampton story. This is what happened to Fred Hampton. Okay. The 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 Black Panthers. So if you're you remember it when they had Bobby Seal in the Chicago Seven, and yeah. he had Fred Hampton talking to him, and then all of a sudden Fred Hampton wasn't there. This tells you how Fred Hampton wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's really awkward. Mwah, wah, wah. Oh, America. Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. great. We can all see it. Our listeners can see it before we talk about it next week. Yeah, I've been hearing fantastic things. I haven't talked about this but i have this movie has been on my radar it checks off so many boxes for me biopic check great cast Lakeish stanfield check. yes oh uh, uh, yeah so many so many great cast members check 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 so i'm very excited to watch this okay well there you go there you go next week judas and uh Black Messiah. Black Messiah. I had closed my notebook by then. Bye.